This is life. Listening and inspiring friends in entertainment. Focusing life's principles with your goals and taking Empowerment Global with Empowerment Speaker Stone Stafford and Johnny Vaughn. Oh, gosh. Okay. So the exercise is Johnny and I, we wrote out eulogies yes. of someone. Mm-hmm. And we're going to read that eulogy. Right. And if you're listening, play along. We're going to read that eulogy, and you have to guess, guess. who that eulogy is about. Who's going first? We didn't flip a coin. You can go first. I go for, okay. You can go first. All right. So Johnny's going to go first. All right. I'm just going to I'm not going to try to do this with any emotion or nothing. I'm just going to read it. Today, we celebrate the legacy of a great man, a man whose impact on the arts, on language, and on the world can't be described in any way less than a marvel. He lived his life with the spirit to die hard with a vengeance. In every instance <laughs> of tension, he was the negotiator. An Iron Man, if you will. There's no way his name can be spoken without being placed in the league with the Incredibles of history. When he spoke, everyone listened. His master of language made every interview, every speech, must-see TV, considered more important than even the State of the Union at times. He was definitely one of the good fellas, and it's unthinkable (laughs) that his talents and legacy have left us to white sands of time. (laughs) <laughs> Fathers and sons have drawn from him for a couple generations attempting to build men and not a menace to society. The art he left us moves like a deep blue sea of calm and patience, but the spirit of his work can change and rage with the raft of Thor and shatter you like glass. But his swag, his drip, his oh, juice shoot. will always bring a fresh love for his work. If you do nothing else to honor his memory in every moment, try and do the right thing. It's what he would expect of you. Many say time heals all wounds, but this one runs deep. Who knows how much time before this pain is eased? A hard eight years at least. But even though he will be out of sight, we will remember him as one of our soul men and celebrate him. He uh-huh. left us a many a jewels to forever remind <laughs> us that the path of righteousness, man is beset on all sides you. by the iniquities <laughs> of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. <laughs> Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of the darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper oh. and the finder of lost children. And they all said amen. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So (laughs) you had so many things in there. At first, I thought it was, thank you. That's what we did. Everything that's important for life, of living and conquering and overcoming this life, we're trying to protect our kids. Oh, I see. Listen. I'm with you. I got something for you. Listen. (laughs) Once upon a time, there was a little boy. I wish I could see this video. And he found a caterpillar cocoon on his back porch. Oh, my God. The little boy ran in and told his grandmother, Oh, I found a caterpillar on the back porch in the cocoon. And his grandmother said, Yes, he's turning into a little butterfly. (laughs) The next day, the little boy saw the little cocoon start to crack open. And he noticed that the caterpillar seemed to be struggling. The little boy said, Oh, poor caterpillar. Let me help you out. I see where this is going. So the little boy went in and got a little kitchen knife, (laughs) came out, and carefully opened and sliced open the cocoon. 
to help the little butterfly come out. <laughs> As he opened the cocoon, one butterfly wing came uncrinkled, second butterfly wing came uncrinkled, and the butterfly started fluttering his wings. <laughs> the boy ran inside and said, Grandma, Grandma! I helped the little butterfly out of his cocoon. He says, oh, baby, you shouldn't have done that. No, Grandma is great. And he ran back outside and listened to his grandma. So the little butterfly was fluttering all along the porch. And the little boy picked up the butterfly and said, go fly, butterfly. And he threw the poor butterfly up into the wind. Well, the next day, the little boy came out and the butterfly was on the porch again. But this time, the butterfly wasn't moving because the butterfly was dead. <laughs> the little boy was so upset, he ran inside and said, Grandma, Grandma, the butterfly didn't help. He's dead. Oh, my God, the butterfly's dead. And the little grandma wiped his tears and put the little boy on her lap. And she gave him a sugar cookie. What? And as he ate the sugar cookie, the little grandma explained, You see, grandson... When that caterpillar was struggling as it became a butterfly to get out of his cocoon, yes, he was having a hard time and difficulties, but he needed to go through that hard time and that challenge because that gave him the strength in his wings that he needed to fly. But because you, with your mannish hard-headed <laughs> self, opened up the cocoon like I told you not to. You murdered the butterfly! The little butterfly couldn't build his strength in his wings. And he couldn't fly away you killed and him. pollinate and follow food. So he ended up dying on the back porch. You killed a butterfly. You killed that butterfly, little grandson. You murderer. You are a murderer. <laughs> Yo, that's the... <laughs> so the moral, the moral of the story, ladies, little boys and girls, is don't kill butterflies. <laughs> I have been asked on numerous occasions, you know, yo, such and such has reached out. Such and such has got this setup going on. Uh, what do you do now? I still got respect for this particular person. Can we work mm. together ever again? Absolutely not. Right. But then the people who approached me have also had, you know, past business relationships. Some of them have been almost like family. Right. And it was the same kind of thing. Like, do I tell them or do I not? Because, I mean, one, it's cutting off this this person's business. Right. You know, right. Stream. But That's at the same right. time, it's like, yo, I know how this person Ops. I know right. how this person works. Um, and in one of those situations, I still feel bad about one of them. In one of those situations, I did do the yo, let me holler at you real quick. Ooh, you rooster blocked. I, you, <laughs> <laughs> he, he rooster blocked. Male, male chicken block. Read between the lines. Male chicken block. He I rooster blocked. I, I, I had to. I, 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 was, I was fully compelled in that particular scenario to sit him down. I was like, listen, this was the deal. And I gave him the whole rundown, top to bottom, like how right. we became production partners, right. um, the artists we were working with, how he, that deal came about, mm -hmm. why I said no to that deal, and then all of the stuff that you know subsequently got lost and or stolen in the process. Right. Like, listen, if you go into it this way, your contracts need to have a clause that say this. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> your agreement. Then they'd be like, "But why?" <laughs> yeah, just I just told you what happened to me. That's why. However, like I said, in a secondary situation, I I didn't do that, and I, I to this day I feel bad for not. I don't think that scenario with that particular person went well. Did they I get think, screwed though? I don't think they got screwed. Screwed. I think they did, but it wasn't what they expected. See, and that's my problem, man. Is like 
if if I make the referral and I know it's not a great referral and you get screwed. Yeah. You know, it's like when people come to me and like they're like they want me to give them a referral to someone else. Right. You know, I'm like, uh, like I have some interns where they went out and got jobs and they came back at me and was like, hey, I'm someone's going to call you and <laughs> ask for a referral. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you should have hollered at me before you did before that. Before you did that. I said, because one, you know, you asked me to put my name on it. Uh-huh. And so, and I've never thrown them under the bus, but when they'll call, there's been sometimes some interns, they were whack interns. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the, the people will call me. I was like, I said, okay, no, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure with the right, you know, right training and right effort, they're going to be an asset to your company. Oh, and I put it on them to make sure that their training was right. Yeah. But, you know, because I'm not, again, I don't want to rooster block nobody. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, they were great. They were amazing. I don't know what I'm going to do without them. Which is them. the expectation when they, when they exactly. tell you Exactly. So I'm hoping and they'll read between the lines, you know. <laughs> I, yo, do you, you remember Dan Novotnik, right? No. My, you do. Okay. Dan was my partner. Uh, he's a professor at the University of Central Florida where I graduated. You know what? I never remember his. I only know him by the revolutionary. The revolutionary. Okay, the revolutionary. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, so this is what Dan did. I, lo- I actually adopted this from him. Oh, yeah. Dan, whenever students would come to him and ask him for a referral uh-huh. or reference letters, he would make the student write it. And then he would review it. And if he approved, he I would sign it. I love that. <laughs> I do that now. Because now you write and be like, he was amazing. Well, it wasn't amazing. It's accountability he on was, that. Exactly. Yo, I love that. I, I kind of have a parameter a little bit where I kind of look at who I have the deepest or closest relationship with. So if the person coming to me asking for the referral or about the referral, if I'm close with them, Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I consider you a real friend friend to me personally, as your friend, I would not put you in a position to get screwed. Right. I think that would make me a bad friend. Right. So in that case, without necessarily throwing this person completely under the bus, mm-hmm. I do what you do. I say, well, look, this is all I'm going to say. Now, just the fact that I started off the statement with, look. <laughs> This is all I'm going to say. <laughs> I got to you. Yeah, right. You should always be like, boop, boop, yeah. ears boop. up. Bro. Like, there should be signs. Ears up. <laughs> some people catch on to that. Yeah. I was like, this is all I'm going to say. They'd be like, say no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if I'm saying this is all I'm going to say, just have all your business straight. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have someone particularly who handles your money. Right. Make sure, that, you know, I'll say like that. And they'll be like, oh, uh, okay, mm-hmm. I got you. Now, if you move forward That's... and you didn't take my, it's on you. But now, at the end of the day, you still planted those seeds, though. It do, it's not about the seed. One, where's the lie? That's the first. That's what I'm saying. Where's the lie? If it's true, I don't feel bad about planting that where's seed. Where's the lie? And I didn't tell them not to work with you. Right. I just said this is the smartest way to work with this person. Okay. So you can't say I rooster blocked you. This is, That's just going to be my saying. <laughs> you got to trademark this. You can't <laughs> rooster it, block. You got to You know what I'm saying? paid off for that. Now, the conundrum or the flip side and the mm-hmm. tougher side is if the one that they're asking is not necessarily the greatest person they should be working with, but that person's close to me. Yeah. Now I'm really stuck mm-hmm. because I don't really know you, but the one you're asking, I don't know if you should really work with this cat. You know, then then I get stuck. Yeah. And I, I may follow the same procedure, but honestly, I've had a couple where I was like, look, I don't really know you like that. So... <laughs> I'll just be like, oh, y'all gonna work together? All right, cool, cool, cool. But I mean, you know, I mean, you know, he's 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 been in the game. I just give him some roundabout stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been doing it for a while, and you know, she has a lot of experience. And but see, even that, even that comes off as fluff, though. But I did, like it, it I, I, because I, I just can't sit there and say, I've had people who I have a friend Jessica. <laughs> when I'll be like, yo, you free to talk? And <laughs> she'd be like, speaker or no. 
that's that's how you respond. She'll say speaker or no, because Jess knows that if you have me on speaker without letting me know, right. chances are something's gonna be said that somebody shouldn't have heard, mm-hmm. especially if there's little kids or something. But she just knows, so I get it. When you know somebody, yeah. you have to kind of put the parameters in place. So it's, it's a sticky situation. But real quick, real quick, this whole vaccine thing. Okay. What you gonna do? Not gonna do it. In the story. Yeah. Okay. There, will, there it is, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Johnny I, has spoken. <laughs> we may all die now and go to wherever <laughs> your preferred afterlife place may be. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although with Lil Nas X, you might not want to go there. I don't know. I'm just saying. Man, Stomp Stone is so anti Lil Nas X's move. I applaud the little kid for doing what he did. But all right, why do you applaud him? That's another conversation for another day too. <laughs> but if you want. <laughs> I <clears throat> okay. we're going to title we're going to title this episode Hodgepodge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so th- th- this is the thing. One, I love it when the religious faction of the world um, gets up in their panties about stuff that doesn't make sense. <clears throat> um, if you listen to the, because he tells you the story, like he talks about the whole point of why he wrote the song. And I listened to the I heard I heard the song before I saw the video. So if you know the lyrics, you can hear the story in it. Like it's it's him lashing out and coming into his own and and taking just like people did with the B word when Missy Elliott did the song. Everybody thought it was crazy, but that was her saying, "I'm owning this word. We're not going to allow y'all to use this word to demean us anymore." <clears throat> He's been called this and that his whole life, and a lot of people in the LGBTQIA community have been. Uh, been wow, I cannot believe you spit, you spit that. Those oh, uh, I'm, bro, I'm an ally. Real, what is like, acronym? I, real facts. I'm. <laughs> I mean, I, you say LGBTQIA. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't hide that at all, bro. Like I LGBT3PO. I've got trans friends that I've known since I was a kid. I have gay friends. I mean, I got all that too. I'm a lesbian magnet. Well, and you told that, but are you accepting? That's a whole other conversation too. No, I accept it, <laughs> but it still doesn't mean I run down the whole little, you know, ABDVs and all that. But, but anyway, the, the reason why I, is because I like I I will I will go to I've been to Pride. Like I'm I, I'm for my people. Like I say, I want you to do whatever makes you happy, whatever mm-hmm. makes you not want to kill me. I want you to do it and do it a lot, <laughs> and I don't care what that is. So in the video, well, there goes half of our freaking viewership. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Johnny. Hey man, <laughs> you want the real or you want the <laughs> right? But back back Go to ahead, the video. So um, if you watch how it follows, you see him in the beginning being timid about who he is. You see him coming into his own and owning it, and then he goes to hell. And the whole killing Satan and taking the horns is the imagery that they chose to use of owning the demonizing of who he is as an individual. And I thought it was awesome for the fact that every Christian I know has posted something on Facebook about being upset about it. When in the video, he's making the bad guy of the Christian faith look bad. And all I saw were Christians getting upset because the bad guy of the Christian religion was being demeaned. And I'm like, I, I thought you were on the Jesus side. <laughs> like, I, how are you going to be upset at the bad guy of your faith? being taken down isn't that like the whole point 
but it's because a gay kid does it and use it as uses it as his imagery for his message that they have a problem with it. So I thought it was great. I thought it pissed off the exact right group of people and big power to the kid for doing it. I do understand the aspect of people saying he had this hit Old Town Road and the kids loved it and then he just dropped this without any warning. I get that. But at the same time, you should have some parental controls on your TVs and your phones and your kids shouldn't be able to but see But you know that, that does absolutely reason why I feel like 2021 is going to be either identical and potentially not as good as 2020 is based off of the 80-20 or the 80-20 rule. If you don't know what that is, it's simply put 80% of your results or 80% of any results mm. is derived from 20% of the input or 20% of the, of work. the effort. Right now. Um, How does that make across- sense? So can we break that down to someone so that story shows where that makes sense? You mean the, the principle itself? Yeah, like give let's give a life example a of life where example. the 80/20 rule would work. Yeah, so what's the, the one ratio. thing what's the one thing that popped off last year that lasted nine and a half months? And if you do the math on that, nine and a half, 9.6 is 80% of 12 months. So 80% of last year was affected by pregnancy. Our, our best friend. <laughs> <laughs> people knocking boots in March and having babies in the winter. Exactly. He said nine months. So I figured somewhere, you know, somewhere his pregnancy was it. But it's the other P word. It's the other P word. Absolutely. Um, oh. So my whole premise on 2021 being a mirror image of that is because last year, 80% of last year's input, mm-hmm. 80% of it. Of the input? Was, yeah. Well, of the output from last output. year. Right. Was pandemic stuff. Mm-hmm. I just feel so out of control, which is always hard. Yeah, because yeah, you know? we know how much of a control freak you are. <laughs> well, I'm not. Actually, I'm the Sweep my furthest. studio. Clean that counter. Well, Close okay. my doors. <laughs> Having excellence and being a control freak, two totally different things. Well, uh, You don't think so? Uh, Trying to do something. I mean, yeah, you want to have some control over it, but you don't have control freak. Is, it has to be done this way, really, even my way. Control freaks are has to be done my way. I know my way or the highway. I, you know what? The the two there are. My whole thing is there's ten thousand ways to skin a cat. I agree. College football analogy. Everybody knows Nick Saban is a control freak. You play football at Alabama. You're doing stuff a certain way. You don't sure. do it this way. You don't play football at Alabama. Sure. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. More laissez-faire. I mean, he has a structure, but they have more fun. They do things that are absolutely not the control freak yep. method. And, and who's players been have... the national championship? Who's been the national champion year after year after year? Well, but and th- I'm not saying it's not, but da- Dabo hasn't been a head coach as long either. So that's right. a, well, we, we don't know what that. To be no, yeah, he ain't about to be a saving. But we my whole thing with the control thing that. is that, yeah, you can be control freak or whatever, but once you find what works. Mm-hmm. It ain't about being a control freak. It's about this works over and over and over. Then let's again. do it this way. Yeah, my whole thing is yeah. I, the result is I want a skinned cat. Now, how you do it, I don't care. But if gotcha. you're a cat, your skinning takes ten seconds and yours takes ten days. Guess whose method we're going to use? The more you engage in the process, the more you fuel the process to work in your favor. Yeah. It doesn't guarantee yeah. the process of working in your favor, but you definitely shift it in your favor the more you engage. So that's why I'm saying, so you can either put 50% of energy into doing the work, 
and 50% of the energy and wondering if you're going to get the part or wondering if you're going to get the placement. Mm-hmm. Or you can take all the energy you worried about getting the placement and focus it on the work part, which is then in turn going to affect whether or not you get the placement. They will always be connected. There's no way in the world. You I can didn't say they wouldn't be, but I, I feel like what the, the, the literally the example you just gave, it just shows that we're, we're, we're going the same direction. As always, we're both saying Apple and I'm like Apple and you like Apale and exactly. we're both saying Apple. I, but I, I, I really do feel, cause I mean, it's like I said, the, I get wrapped up in hoping and looking forward to things a lot too. And I find that my mental state is a lot better when I just stop worrying about the thing. You've heard me say sure. before that, I, I sure. yes, I have certain goals and stuff I want to hit, but I literally live for the experience. Like sure. my whole existence, I've gotten to that point to where the experience itself is what I'm excited about. Yeah. And so long as I'm having an experience, sometimes they suck now. Um, but if the experience is something that I can take something from, I'm, in, I'm enjoying myself. Right. And enjoying doesn't always mean a good thing. I mean, right. some people actually do. When you put yourself through that pain in the gym, you ain't enjoying that. Yeah, However, sadomasochism. So that's another podcast <laughs> on a whole another platform. Literally. Uh-huh. Isn't there a, a politician or someone when they went back to 1970 something of something he did or said? Oh, pick one, dude. And he ended up having to look, resign from his job. That was Al Franken. Yeah. Is that who it was? That was Al Frank, it's who was like, a comedian. And look, uh, and he had a- it's, oh, my God. That's that's what's getting on my nerves. And I'm not sitting there. Now, again, I'm not saying wrong or right. Okay. If there are plenty of stuff that I did in high school that were wrong, I will look you in your face and tell you they were wrong. They were absolute. My mom would be just, just mortified. I will tell you that myself. But am I that guy anymore? No, I am not. So when you have people that are doing these things now and you're going to go back. 15 and 20 years to find stuff that they did and then cancel them y'all y'all stupid and you're getting on my nerves i i think it's publicly known that i agree with you however we do have a system that we function within whether we think it's stupid or not because we've already admitted there's a lot of stuff that we function within that we have to admit is stupid but our livelihoods our daily lives and people's revenue streams depend on the foundation of that stupidity. That's just what it is. <laughs> it's a fact. It so is a fact. If they would have done what they did, and if they would have buried it and not put it out, and he would have been the host 10 years from now, you look at Jeopardy getting sued for stuff coming out later. As uh, you guys may or may not know, if you've been listening, uh, what's today? The 17th. So two days ago was the last day of my one-man experiment, social experiment, mm-hmm. uh, the pro-Trump experiment. That's right. Here we go. So the first 24 hours were definitely hard. All right. I actively read tweets from Trump as well as his vocal supporters. Um, I limited my, my news intake about the president to only Fox News, Breitbart and pro-Trump tweets. Um, I followed them on Twitter and Instagram and I even set up notifications. So I knew when they posted things, <laughs> I was real. I was real. Um, now, as I would read, in my mind, I had to consistently tell myself, what is he saying here? Look to agree with what he is saying here. I had to con- constantly remind myself to do that. Um, and I could literally feel anxiety building up within me. This is all the first 24 hours. I mean, I physically developed a headache towards the end of the day. Um, now, now, what I did is I sought out articles, posts. I watched uh, three documentaries. Uh, that was Trump and American Dream. Trump, uh, Trump's road to the White House and the Trump dynasty. 
Uh, there are plenty of documentaries out there. However, a lot of them are Trump bashing documentaries. So again, I wanted to stay away from those. Uh, whenever I read posts or anything that bash Trump, I swiped by them. I didn't even read them. I didn't even engage. So again, I was trying to just drink the Kool-Aid here and just dive in. Um, now, I do want to say this note. Changing one's paradigm cold turkey like that is a lot of work. And it's literally an incredible struggle and battle. So back to what I was saying. What I was saying.